You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What do you know? We're back with another episode of Fly on the Call. Today's guest is Nick Gonzalez of Blue Vines. The project is rooted in pop punk and emo with a focus on emotionally charged performances. Our conversation hits on writing, collaboration, live shows, inspiration, and even The Office. Blue Vines will be back next year with a debut full-length album, so now is the perfect time to acquaint yourself. Enjoy. I guess I kind of wanted to start off with a random question that popped into my head. I like the way that I thought to phrase it, which is just if uh, Blue Vines was a math equation or a cooking recipe, what like would be the portions that made up the band? Oh my God, I love that so much. Okay, a math equation or a cooking All right, I'm, I'm going to definitely lean more towards... Uh, cooking because math I'm I'm shot on. <laughs> okay, so let's see. So cooking recipe, I would say, um, let's see, a little bit of uh, luck, um, a lot of you know bad jokes, dad jokes, um, and you know uh, a, a a pinch of heart. You know, I, I like to try to inject as much of my whole self you know, into the project and the music as possible and just make whatever I'm doing genuine. Um, so yeah, I think those are the most important parts to me. Yeah, and a, a lot of, you know, your lyrics deal with kind of personal feelings and interpersonal relationships. Um, but, and some of the songs like Disavow and Devil and the Demagogue, you know, kind of see you more looking a little bit more outside yourself than some of the other stuff. And I'm curious what kind of uh, like the inspiration and writing process is like for you. Um. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. It was something that I was, you know, thinking about when I was thinking about uh, coming on today it was just kind of considering how my writing process has has changed. You know, I think it kind of had to change by virtue of um, just everything. And I mean, everything, everything uh, going on in the world around us right now. Um, you know, I, I kind of like to say that I got the me, me, me's uh, out of my system when I wrote Fever Dreamy. <laughs> Um, and, you know, just always had this desire to write, you know, an EP that reflected the music that I used to listen to, you know, or that inspired me as a kid. But, but by virtue of a lot of that, a lot of those bands were, you know, straight white guys that looked like me. And a lot of them, I feel like did tend to deal with very shallow surface level, not all, I don't want to pigeonhole, but you know, for pretty standard romantic problems and whatever, and, and it could only go in certain directions. And I just feel like, it, you know, I have a responsibility to, to look outside myself. So that's something that with the new stuff I'm writing uh, and have put out so far, you know, really made a concerted effort to do. Yeah, and what have been, um, you know, some of like the more specifics that have been, you know, that you've been writing about. I know you have like almost an album's worth of stuff kind of like in the works. What's kind of been the main points that you've been writing towards? Um, just relationships, um, which I, I, is really broad, but, uh, the way that people impact each other, you know, I think I was able to 
be really introspective with the first the EP and just you know speak have find my voice of this is how I feel about the world and you know th these are my reactions to to things and my anxieties what have you. Um, but with the new one, I've just been kind of playing with how you know on small and large scales how we all impact each other. I mean, thinking frankly of the current administration, you know, and I think I was a little tongue in cheek but pretty clear about you know, my stances, uh, in the song Disavow. So thinking kind of, uh, socially and politically and whatnot, um, thinking even within my family and personal relationships, but trying to kind of use a little more empathy and just watch how other people land on each other. Um, even when it has no bearing on me. Um, so, so that's, that's something that really meant a lot to me, uh, with the new record is just, you know, looking at everybody and how we all really do have, uh, you know, a major impact on each other. Yeah. And uh, how far along is like that process going for you? Um, it is more than halfway done. I'm actually happy to say I'm about seven tenths uh, of the way in. Um, I have, let's see. So I have a, a, a title and album artwork. I always like to get kind of the fun, uh, tangible, superficial stuff out of the <laughs> way to motivate myself. So I got all that stuff going. So I have something to write towards. Um, I have all the titles and lyrics and all that done. And I'm just filling in parts and recording. Um, so yeah, three more songs. And then I just got to kind of mix and tweak them all. And then, uh, you know, send them off for mastering and finish it up. And hopefully, I would say within two to three months, uh, I'll be all set. Awesome. And I, I know on uh, the Good Noise podcast that you did recently, you kind of mentioned that you wanted, you know, the project to you know, be a collective. And I'm curious, kind of like, could you talk a little bit about that desire for collaboration and also how, you know, uh, a lot of things this year have probably changed that, uh, <laughs> your ability to do that at least. Oh, in a, in a major way. I mean, it was such a, a bummer, you know, it's because my, my whole plan for, you know, for Blue Vines for this idea was, um, for it to be like a social thing, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 it starts with me and, and a lot of my little ideas and it's a way I keep myself busy, but like, I wanted to, to share it with friends and musicians and whatnot. And yeah, definitely put a, a, a damper on that, um, with the quarantine. Um, but it's, yeah, it's something I hope eventually to be able to do. I mean, luckily through, uh, Twitter and, and friendships, uh, that I've made, you know, on the, on the internet and in the wider kind of DIY community, I've been able to remotely, uh, to do a lot of awesome collaborations. So it's kind of a way to still flex that muscle and, uh, you know, practice and get better and whatnot. But in a more personal way, I definitely hope once things open up that I can, you know, even with some of the people that have come in contact with, you know, add them to my, to my live sets. Um, and even, I'll, I'll admit this is something that's a little scary for me, but share a little more of the writing process uh, with others. It's definitely something that I keep pretty close to the vest. Yeah. And, and what is it that kind of like draws you to, you know, wanting to expand that and like have that be part of your process? I think just wanting to be a better uh, musician, you know, um, and also wanting to push myself, you know, I'm, I, I try to be honest within my writing and just the way I present uh, myself that I, you know, I do have a lot of my own anxieties and insecurities and, 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 you know, we all do, I'm sure to some extent. Um, but so, so I think kind of letting it exist outside of me and not just holding on to it. So it's hype. Uh, you know, it, it, it only benefits the songs, you know, I, I've just come in across recently so many 
wildly talented musicians who, who bring so much to the table. So I think, you know, I, I can bring what I have in my own skill set, but you know, people are going to have other cool things to say too. And, and it just makes my songs that much better. So I'm, I'm definitely hoping, you know, to get people involved when it's safe and responsible to do so. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I mean, who have been some of the people that have kind of, you know, inspired you recently or that you would really love to collaborate with? Um, well, a lot, I mean, people who have been on uh, your show before, you know, we all kind of intersect recently. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Jariah. Um, so we, we've talked about, uh, I know he has a drummer, uh, but I would love to back him up, you know, even just for fun one day on drums or, or, or mess around in some capacity. Uh, I'm actually originally or mainly a drummer. Um, so I, I, I'm always like bugging people, like, can I play drums for you? Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I work with, uh, you know, or, and have become friendly with N.Read uh, from, you know, how I became invisible a lot. So, you know, there's like a whole group of us who, who mess around and play on each other's records and stuff. Um, you know, but I would definitely like to actually go and, you know, we talk about like doing tours or shows. Today, so I think that would be uh that would be really cool yeah for sure uh, and i know on um for the fever dreamy ep your fiance um played bass and i was curious like how that kind of process was like i i feel like i'm so close to my my own fiance but i feel like just like having that be part of a creative process would be something so different for me as well <laughs> for sure um yeah and it, it was something i was very mindful of you know i think i'm always overthinking and rethinking everything so I was definitely nervous um you know that that it was going to be something we would clash over or this or that but um she uh Andrea is and actually I should add that now she's my wife uh we actually got married congratulations thank you very much um but she I always say like she's the heart and soul of of Blue Vines you know not to be overly schmaltzy but like she was the one who kind of pushed me to go into a room of our apartment and start recording you know, the first set of shitty demos that I did uh, way back when. And it just always pushed me at every stage. Like, I'll come to her with an idea and be like, I want to do this thing, but I'm scared. And she'll just look at me and be like, go do it. And then I do. And I and I always appreciate that. So when it came to the EP, it was a no-brainer. I was like, I have these songs. She just asked me really nicely, like, can I play bass on them? Like, do you need, do you need help? And I was like, sure, absolutely. Um, so she laid down awesome you know, bass parts. And, and I thought it sounded great. She did a great job. And it was it was fun. It was a way for us to bond. I mean, it was my first time in a professional studio. You know, we did it local um, with a guy who I became friendly with here. And we, you know, it was just the two of us. So I, I added in the guitar and vocals, but like we got to play as a rhythm section together. So it was fun, like recording it live that way. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a experience that I'll always hold uh, close you know that we got to do that together yeah for sure that sounds like a super special thing <laughs> yeah and then she quit the damn bad day so. <laughs> shots fired right oh i'm not i'm not holding back now, she, she can't get rid of me now so <laughs> not legally at least <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true uh, i've seen you uh mentioned before that you kind of you know attack the song you know, poetically first and kind of like add, take it as like a poem that you're adding music to. Um, I'm curious how that kind of process started for you. And do you ever have a time where, you know, like you have a set of lyrics and you can't find like, you know, quite the right music to fit it. And it ends up kind of like staying in that more like poetic space. Definitely. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like, that was like my process quote unquote for a while. And I think it's something more recently I've been trying to break because I feel like I've become very rigid or formulaic with it. Um, but it is kind of a fail safe that, um, you know, that it's my comfort zone. So essentially, yeah, I feel like I've always been good at, you know, just simple rhyming structures and, and, and being able to come up with a quick kind of lyric that's catchy. I feel like choruses have been something easy for me for a long time. They'll just kind of come to me and, and I'll just kind of have like a melody or something in my head. And I've kind of, I should also say, and I think I mentioned this on Good Noise too, is that I'm not like a classically trained musician. Uh, I don't like sight read music or anything like that. So like, I think by virtue of the fact that like, you know, my knowledge of like chords and like music theory is, you know, it definitely getting better and I pushed myself this year, but it's, it's limited to a certain range. So I kind of stick with what I know. So it would basically be like, all right, I have this melody. I can think of how this should sound. And then it kind of becomes a puzzle of, all right, I'm going to figure out what I can um, add to it. And to answer your other question, yes, there have been some that have just stayed poems, but that kind of makes me happy. I have this notebook that's divided in three and it's poems that just stayed poems. The middle of it is like poems or writing that grew into songs. And then the back of it is a comedy routine that I've developed that I just never performed. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so in case this music thing doesn't work out, I'll go do my, uh, my stand-up set. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I'm curious, like you mentioned that you're not kind of like a classically trained musician. And you said before how, you know, drumming was kind of like your first, um, you know, instrument. I'm curious, like, what was kind of like, has the discovery process been? And as far as, especially as far as like learning melody and learning guitar and stuff, like, do you have any kind of tips for people who might be interested in picking stuff up? Or just kind of like approaching music without, you know, not from like a theory perspective. I really, truly, truly want to have like a more refined answer for you because I feel like a million people, you know, anyone who listens to this is going to groan at me when I say this, but I feel like I have like, I watch a lot of like YouTube videos. Um, I think listening to a lot of music, I will say that I listen to a lot of, you know, artists and I think I'm able to some degree to recreate, you know, what I'm hearing. So I think it's kind of a gift that you can give yourself is just by, you know, that's how I learned in the first place. I mean, I took, you know, I didn't learn everything, you know, from, from scratch, like drums. Um, I took a few months of formal lessons uh, and then kind of picked it up from there. But I think you kind of get a feel of what you like and what you can do um, just the more that you're consuming uh, and the more wide variety. Uh, so I, I would say that just like be open to, you know, to different types of music um, and be open to like, to help. Uh, it's not, that's like the newest lesson I think coming in contact with such talented musicians is having the humility to kind of ask a lot of questions. Um, so when somebody is doing something that's out of my range, I can ask and just be like, how'd you do that? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? And it seems to happen a lot more recently that I have to, you know, step out of my own skin or whatever and, and just be like, I have no idea what that means. Can you teach me? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned earlier that kind of like the, you know, early 2000s, like pop punk emo is kind of like your your jam. And um, I'm curious, what is what are some of the kind of like things that, you know, people might not expect that, you know, you're, you've been into lately? Um, let's well, so people might not know. I would love it if they do. People would be like, oh, totally. I could totally get that from your music. But I feel like people would not know that I'm actually 
and my wife even more so than me, but in our house, we're huge. Um, I don't want to say straight country, but like kind of folk Americana, um, rootish music. Um, so I grew up and my mom listened to like a lot of, um, like pop country. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. There you go. Yeah. Actually I bought, I just bought a couple weeks ago the, uh, Garth Brooks legacy box set. Cause it was $20 for like seven LPs. <laughs> I think I saw you post about that. That is awesome. I'm a huge Garth Brooks. So, and I like all of that stuff. Like I, I will tease some of them very modern. I'm talking like today's stuff is not exactly my taste, but that's, it's again, a matter of tastes. Um, but yeah, like I grew out of, you know, just like everything, you grew, whatever your taste change. And I think the kind of simplicity of it, but just the feeling of that music stayed with me. And I liked I looked for stuff that challenged me a little more, but stayed within the realm. And then I found artists. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires. Um, my favorite artist, writer, performer of all time is Corey Brannon. Uh, just, he, he's such a cool dude. It's like, people say because he's from Memphis, like he's, you know, a country singer, but he's really, I feel like like a punk or like, like rock guy, but like, you know, influenced by Southern music and just a prodigious, incredible, incredible musician and super humble. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, people might be surprised to know, yeah, that I like more kind of twangy finger picking stuff. <laughs> I, I totally suck at it. I don't think it would be genuine for me to write a country song, but I would, I would like to take a whack at it one day. Yeah. I, I think like now that you say that, that makes sense, especially like coming from the perspective of like your vocals, which I feel like are kind of one of the things that, you know, I find very unique about the Blue Vines project. I feel like, you know, there's you have a lot of like emotive style in them and uh, how did you kind of like develop that sound um well thank you first of all (laughs) um i definitely appreciate that uh you know i think finding um vocalists that that really uh stood out to me uh and again i feel like god all roads lead back to that 2000s emo I, I, there were a lot of dudes and, and women uh, at that time. There were a lot of people that like were uh, killer. You know, I think of, um, I mean, still she's incredible. Haley Williams, uh, I love, and uh, I, I am in no way comparing myself to her, but like ha- has a killer range in voice. Uh, people who, Adam Lazara was always, and still is, uh, a huge influence on me. I mean, both his showmanship, um, you know, I broke a lot of things swinging mics around uh, my house and I still do. Um, but his vocal range, and even if I feel like he wasn't technically the most, you know, sometimes I listen and you could hear stuff like in the studio before it's like mixed and he, you know, he could be kind of wild, but he wasn't afraid to go for it. Um, that's why I love Gerard way too. I mean, just what a performer. Um, so yeah, just listening to people who, again, yeah, were fearless and not afraid to just go. I think it was, for me, it was really emboldening, like on the song, uh, big knife. Like there's a couple of parts at the end where I like let myself yell and it was just super cathartic and it wasn't, you know, the most beautiful thing in the world, but it felt so good, you know? For sure. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned M. Lazar and Gerard Way because like when you started talking, two of the things that I thought of were uh, the MyCam cover of All I Want for Christmas is You and um, when I saw the Tell All Your Friends 10-year tour in New York City. And it was, like, one of the best shows that I've ever seen. Like, it was so good. Especially, like, the showmanship, like you said. Like, that and um, I saw Green Day, like, after... 
after you know they were my bag but like i think like when 21st century breakdown came out or something i saw them and i was like not as into the new stuff but like just the show that they put on was like amazing oh sure you you can respect the game and I, i know exactly what you mean i mean they're definitely not my jam as much recently either but like i feel like when people come to play like you know it you know a lot of those guys you know tastes have changed but they can still blow you away and uh and that's yeah kind of a through line with a lot of the of that era for sure yeah and have have there been any like kind of formative concert experiences that you've had um let's see i know one because this is kind of a double hitter and makes me laugh so much all the time i always tell this me and my brother like think fondly of this almost 10 years ago we went to see uh one of my favorite bands of all time i can't believe i didn't start with them is uh, motion city soundtrack Oh, I was literally just like I had. I was listening to them for like an hour and a half in the car. <laughs> uh, that make, that makes my heart happy. I mean, Justin Pierre is just uh, I, I love him, but but um yeah, in 2012 I think I guess it was the Go record, and they were performing on that, and there was this band who so they were incredible in their own right. I think it was my first time seeing them, so we were a little late to the game in terms of live stuff. And then there was this, at the time, lesser known band that was opening for them called The Front Bottoms, <laughs> um, right? And me and my brother were like, like heckling them basically. Um, and like now I think about it, like who are we to heckle The Front Bottoms? But like back then we thought the name was so ridiculous and like people, it was one of those vibes where, you know, people are so much more stoked for the opener than the main people. And I think we were annoyed because we were there to see Justin Pierre so we were like, like, get the hell out of here. And then they came on and we sang all of the songs as if we had like known them for years. Like they were touring the self-titled and it just struck us so much. And I still love that band. I, I know people have different opinions, but like that was definitely a big live show because they just brought it so much. And I was like, wow, I have a new favorite band. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I... Well, the first time I saw them, they kind of like, it was a similar experience where they like, I wasn't expecting to like them and they kind of like blew me away. And it was the same when I saw um, Modern Baseball opening for the Wonder Years on the Greatest Generation Tour. They were the first of either four or five and everyone in the room was so into them. It was like such a magical show. And I, I call that show a cursed show because it was, I think three or four times like, people either passed out or got knocked out or like, I think someone even had a seizure, but it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it was, I've seen the wonder years probably 20 times. And it was one of my favorites since I've ever seen them play. <laughs> That's awesome. Not, not the seizures part. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I know that I, you, you mentioned blue, blue vines is like a misheard, uh, glue wine from the office from the Dwight Christmas <laughs> episode and yes. any of the lunch party song on the first DP. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of your favorite uh, characters or episodes of the office? Oh yes. Okay. Um, well, I, th- I think it's that same episode, right? The Dwight Christmas one. Um, so, you know, besides uh, unconditional love and support and just being an amazing person, I think the best gift that, my wife has given me in our relationship is the office it's like i i kind of missed it the first time it came around and then like we started dating and she, a couple of years ago and she was like no you have to watch this so we started together whenever we'd hang out and then i just slowly started watching you know on my own time and now we've seen it probably you know 30 times um 
but so that her favorite episode and one of mine is when Dwight becomes Bill Schnickel. Um, God, I'm trying to think of of other ones. There, there's just so many good ones. Um, I love Creed Bratton. I feel like I love everything that Creed says is magic. Um, I, I I don't even know. I have, I have to really think, but they're they're so so good. Uh, I love Gabe uh, and all that. Like it, it's controversial. I feel like people don't love the later seasons as as much. Um, but they're pretty good. I will say one other thing, an interesting shift since we're, cause I could talk forever about this, but I will say very quickly, you know, thinking about like lyrics and growth and all this, you know, this good stuff. I used to fancy myself, you know, and the two of us in my relationship, more of a Jim and Pam. And I feel like that's what you're supposed to think. And I feel like my girlfriend at the time said it to me very matter of factly and said, no, we're Michael and Holly. And I was like, so disgusted by that and I feel like years later I went back to her like meekly with my tail between my legs and said you were right we are Michael and Holly and that's like such a good thing oh yeah I totally I feel that for sure (laughs) especially you know the way the the characters end up I mean Jim and Pam do in the end they you know reconcile of course Michael and Holly just they just really they're so pure yes uh, yeah I love it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, I always like to wrap up the same way by just asking for like a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about, you know, kind of just whatever's been on your mind that you would like to share. Um, yeah, a whole lot. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess in a word, just, you know, be good to each other, you know, whoever's listening, be patient, um, you know, with, with the people around you. Um, and I'm not kind of saying that as, uh, you know, kind of nagging her as an order, but just kind of friendly advice because I, I, I have to say it to myself every day. I just feel like I have such a lack of, you know, patience and, uh, you know, empathy sometimes or, or patience for myself, but just kind of be patient, go slow and, uh, you know, and be kind. Yeah. They, I think that intentionality is like super important, especially because like, you know, everyone has a million things going on this year specifically. I mean, always, but like, especially now, like, yeah, I think that's really good advice for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I try to live by it as best I can, but you know, have my moments. Awesome. Yeah. And is there anything uh, else that we haven't hit on that you've kind of been like itching to get out there about the project? Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I can say specifically. Um, so I have, you know, the new record coming out, don't have exactly a set date, but it's coming. Uh, and I, I am kind of excited to announce, uh, if anyone cares, it's, it's going to be called shadow box champion. Um, and I think it's the best collection of, of music that I've written so far. And I'm really excited for people to hear it. Rad. Another episode of flying the call in the bag and such a fun one, right? Thanks to Nick for the great chat and the awesome music. Be sure to give blue vines a listen and prepare yourself for what's to come. And if you're in the mood for a double dose of me, a new episode of the podcast Generation GC just dropped today, where I talk with my good friend Molly all about the good Charlotte song, The Anthem. Even if you're not a fan of the band, you know and love that song, and I had a super fun time recording, so go check it out. Find the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to grow the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and the Kayla Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyTheCallPod at gmail.com. It's almost time to say good runes to 2020, and hopefully we'll have a better 2021. Fly on your call.
Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.